Praise God. We need to get you to sing more often, girl. Amen. She says, I sing every Sunday, Pastor. Amen. Back in the children's church. Amen. God is good. You love the Lord today? Praise God. Happy New Year, by the way. I hadn't seen some of y'all since last year. That's right. Praise God. If you have your smartphone and you would like to follow along with us in our study today, uh, go ahead and open the YouVersion Bible app. It's a little brown Bible on my, on my uh, little icon. And then the lower right-hand corner is, is more. Press more. And halfway down, press events. Press events. And then select the second church that's listed there, Cassaview Assembly of God. And all of the uh, study notes will be available for about a week uh, on your phone. And then it refreshes and we have a new new thing. Incidentally, next week we're going to be blessed by a home missionary that's going to be our guest, Clay Wallace. Clay Wallace is coming. And uh, Clay has been involved in inner city children's ministry for almost 40 years. And uh, he has given his life to minister, to reach uh, the underprivileged. And uh, we partner with him in a number of ways by providing stockings for uh, distribution of, uh, of Christmas stockings to kids and the turkeys for families and uh, sending kids to uh, inner city camp. Uh, and it's just a blessing that our church has partnered with him all these years. And uh, so Clay is coming to share what God is doing and powerful thing. His wife, Barbara, passed away this past year. And so he's been going through that process. And But he's encouraged. And uh, we're going to uh, rejoice with what God is doing with Clay Wallace uh, next Sunday morning. Amen. In your bulletin, pull out today's study guide. We have some study guide notes that are available to you. Go ahead and pull that out, and we'll get into that in just a moment. I like to begin with a little bit of humor just to get your attention. And uh, I heard about a Southern Baptist man named Bill. Now, he could have been a Pentecostal man, but I'm picking on the Baptist today. And uh, so, uh, but he loved to sneak off to the horse races and bet, have a wager or two. And uh, so one day, after losing almost all of his money, he noticed that a Catholic priest had stepped down on the tracks where the horses were, and he had blessed this horse. And sure enough, that horse won first place in the next race. Oh, that got his attention. And so once again, the next race, the, the priest came out of the stands, came down to the, stra- the tracks, and he blessed another horse, and that horse won that race too. And so, man, Bill said, hey, I, I think I've got a method here. And so he runs to the ATM machine there at the racetrack, and he pulls out all the money in his bank account. He thought, I have got a sure bet. And sure enough... This time, the priest, he steps down again on the track. This time, he not only touches the horse's forehead in his blessing, but he touches his eyes, he touches his ears, he goes around and touches each hoof, and he says, oh, my lands. He said, this horse is going to break a record. I said, I'm just so super, I bet all of my money on that horse. And right in the middle of the race, the horse fell over dead. And so he couldn't believe it. And he went up to the priest and said, what in the world happened? You bless this one horse, he won. You bless the other horse, he wins. And, and you bless this horse. And, and, said, and he dies. What happened? And the priest said, well, that's the problem with you Protestants. You don't know the difference between a blessing and the last rites. <laughs> Amen. Well, as we close this year... This past year, I have been praying and seeking the Lord for direction... Regarding our theme for this year, and a few weeks ago, in the middle of the night, I was just really wasn't contemplating this particular thing at all, but I I was awakened. It might have been about three in the morning. I was just awakened very clearly, and I heard two voice. I heard in my mind. I heard two words, and the words were growing together. 
I thought that was odd that I would be awakened in the middle of the night and hear two words growing together. And I began to ponder that and I felt in my heart the Holy Spirit was placing it upon my heart, placing it in my mind, in my heart for a reason. And I believe the Lord is directing us this year to grow together spiritually. And so I've chosen this theme for this year, Growing Together. And we're going to be focusing on uh, things that we can do to grow spiritually. I believe there's a number of things we can do. It's very scriptural to grow. Here's a couple of passages of scripture that have to do with growing through the Word of God. One of those is from Simon Peter writes, as newborn babes desire pure milk. You know, you've had a baby and when they're hungry, they let you know. Amen. And so he uses the analogy. He says, just like newborn babes desire milk, he says, you need to desire the pure milk of the word. Hello. That you may grow. Hello. Grow thereby. Growing through the word is important. And then Simon Peter also writes in his second division, chapter 3, verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How are you going to get knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Right here, through the Word. Through the Word and by having an experience with Him. Amen. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And so the title of today's message on this first Sunday of of the year, January the 7th, 2024, is simply, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Now, we talk about making resolutions on the first Sunday of, uh, or the last day of the year. We make resolutions. I think this would be a wonderful resolution to grow spiritually. Amen. If I were to ask you how many would like to grow spiritually, I'm sure almost, if you're awake, amen, (laughs) amen, which reminds me of the message last week, you need to wake up, amen. And uh, I believe most of us would agree that we would like to grow spiritually this year. What a wonderful New Year's resolution that would be. But the, the question is, well, how do we do that? How do we grow spiritually? And that's what we're going to be focusing on, not only today, but really for the rest of the year, we're going to be focusing on things we can do to grow spiritually. In a number of areas of our lives, we can have positive growth. I've told it before, but I'm reminded of the story of the patriot inventor and... uh, one that signed, actually, the Constitution, uh, one of the members of the Founding Fathers, Benjamin Franklin. And uh, he's probably most known for uh, the discovery of uh, kite flying. Is that right? And he discovered, what did he discover? Electricity is in, a, in, uh, in the thunder lightning, if you will. And uh, Benjamin Franklin also learned that uh, if you crush plaster, which is the mineral gypsum, And if you sow gypsum into your soil, that it has a tendency to break down the clay soil. And your plants will flourish. Matter of fact, if you have clay soil, and and many of you do, if you'll go to the feed store and get a bag or or Home Depot, Lowe's, they sell it, bag of gypsum pellets, and, and sow it into your garden, and just let it, water it in, whatever, break up the soil and pour it in. Let me tell you, your plants will love it. I mean, they will flourish. And it helps things grow. And he told his neighbors that he had discovered that you could take plaster and break it up and and, uh, gypsum, if you will. But they didn't believe him. They didn't believe plaster was worth anything. And uh, they just kind of laughed at him. And he ignored them and, and just went on. One day he went into his field in the spring and close by the path where people walked. And he, he got out a stick and he traced these big letters into the field. He wrote something. And then he came back with his plaster and he poured it generally right on top of where he had traced those letters. And then he took his grass seed and he just sowed his seed all along that pathway where people would walk. And sure enough, he sowed that seed and when the seed sprang up, it germinated and sprang up. His neighbors, they would walk that way and they were very shocked at what they saw. 
Because what they saw in brighter green than all of the other rest of the field, and in large letters, these, this, these words, they saw it. This has been plastered. This has been plastered. Now, Franklin didn't need to have an argument with them. He didn't need to try to convince them of the benefits of putting gypsum into their soil to grow uh, their plants better. And as the season went on and the grass grew, these bright green letters just rose up higher above all the rest until they were like an advertisement, if you will. And it stuck out, this message stuck out in the field. This has been plastered. You say, well, Pastor Marcus, are you telling me that I am to leave the church and go get plastered? No, I'm not saying that at all. If that's the message you're getting, you're getting the wrong message today. Amen. What I want you to get is that Christians should be people that rise above their circumstances, hello, in the world. Amen. That's exactly what God wants you and I to do. God's desire is for you to grow up. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you need to grow up. Amen. Now, the Bible admonishes us to do so in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, he gave the fivefold gifts to the church. He gave apostles and prophets and missionaries as well as pastors and teachers as a gift to the church. Five-fold ministry gifts. And then the next verse he says, The purpose of these individuals and the gifts that I've given them is to prepare God's people to serve, to build up the body of Christ. This is to continue Until all of us are united in faith, in our knowledge about God's Son, until we become mature, in other words, grown up, in other words, until we become mature, until we measure up to Christ, who is the standard, then we will no longer be little children, tossed and carried about by all kinds of teaching that change like the wind We will no longer be influenced by people who use cunning and clever clever strategies to lead us astray. Instead, we will lovingly speak the truth. We will, what? Grow up completely in our relationship to Christ, who is the head. And that's the God's Word translation, if you're wondering. Now, God calls each of us to spiritual maturity. It's the Lord's desire that every one of us grow up in our relationship with Christ. Now the problem is that we do not always understand what spiritual growth is and how to measure spiritual growth. And if I were to ask you, where are you in your spiritual growth you know, journey Some of you don't have a clue. And so let me break some common myths about what spiritual growth is not. And then I will share with you what it is. Some principles of spiritual growth in our lives. First of all, growth, spiritual growth, is not something that's going to happen by accident. It's not automatic. It's a decision. It's a choice. It's a choice that you and I make that we are going to grow spiritually in our lives. Just because you turn a year older this year doesn't mean you're going to be any wiser than you were last year. Hello? Just because you turn a year older doesn't mean you're any more cognitively matured than you were. And the same thing is true in your spiritual domain. It doesn't mean that you've grown spiritually. And so it's a choice. It's not something that just happens automatic with age. Growth also is not instant. You don't plant a seed and harvest it the next day. It doesn't work that way. 
It takes time. It is a gradual process of seed time and germination and growth and the bud that comes forth and finally it will produce a stock and finally some type of fruit, if you will. And so there's a process and it is a gradual process of development in the physical realm, but it's also true in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, you don't become a spiritual giant for God overnight. It is a process of, of steady growth that will produce spiritual maturity. Growth doesn't happen by just attending church. Now, it can help. But just because you turn into McDonald's doesn't mean that you are a hamburger. Just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Hello. And so, it's not by just attending church, but rather by developing spiritual habits. And growth always will involve conflict when discipline in your life will bring conflict, always will bring conflict in your life. You say, what are you talking about, conflict? I'm talking about conflict within you. Between your own flesh nature, hello, and your spirit man, there will be a war raging within you. Because you're going to say, okay, I'm going to develop these wonderful habits. I'm going to read my Bible every day this year. I'm going to spend time in prayer every day. Matter of fact, I'm going to get up an hour earlier. Hello. Boy, that's where the flesh will battle your spirit. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. And so, when you're talking about developing habits, changing the way you've been doing things, that there will be this conflict, and the conflict will be within you. And it will be the conflict between your flesh and your spirit. You know what you should do, but doing it is a different story. Amen. You ever heard the phrase, no pain, no gain? If you've ever been in sports, you've heard your coach tell you that. When you've complained about your muscles hurting. No pain, no gain. Every athlete knows that phrase. But it's also true in spiritual training. Growth always involves conflict, and that conflict is between your flesh and your spirit. Another thing that growth is not, growth doesn't happen just by yourself. You need other people to help you grow. Grow spiritually. You need other people to come along beside you and pour truth into your life. You need other people to come along beside you and encourage you with a word of encouragement. You need other people to come along beside you that know how to pray and will teach you how to pray. Hello? You need other people to come along beside you and model the disciplines of faith in order to move you to a higher level than you've ever been before. You need other people. Another myth is growth is not measured by just what you believe alone. Now, is what you believe important? Absolutely, it's important. But it takes both belief and behavior. Both of them must change. Growth always involves change. For you and I to move to a higher level, we're not only going to have to have faith and understand what faith is and 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 comprehend faith and and begin to develop that, but you have to put your faith in action. You have to act on your faith. In other words, our actions or our behavior is going to have to change because of what we believe. Someone said, in order to get where you've never been before, you've got to do what you've never done before. Well, the question is, how do you know, Pastor? How do you know when you have reached... Spiritual maturity. If you're making progress towards spiritual, how do you know if you're making progress toward that? Well, the same way that you know in the physical realm when a plant or tree is mature, they begin to bear fruit. An apple tree is not a mature apple tree until you start seeing apples come on that tree. Amen. Now, let me share with you five principles. Of spiritual growth. And these are things that we can do to grow spiritually in this new year. And we need to understand them if we're going to move to a higher level of spiritual development. 
at the end of the year, first of all, spiritual growth is intentional. It is planned. It is planned. At the end of the year, you'll not wake up and say, wow, look how much I've grown. I can't believe I've grown this much. Spiritually. Well, you can look at your belly and say how much you've grown physically. (laughs) Amen. It's not, you will not grow by accident. It is something that is intentional. You must intentionally plan to do certain things to advance in your walk with God. How many of you have been on a cruise before in your life? Raise your hand if you've been on a cruise. How many of you have not ever been on a cruise? Okay. Okay. You know, I think probably more not than... How many of you have ever seen the love boat? Okay. You got what I'm talking about. I heard about a single guy, and he went on a love boat Caribbean cruise, if you will. And on his first day on the deck... He noticed a very attractive young woman about his age who smiled at him in a very friendly way as he passed by on the deck. And it it very pleased him very much. He was checking her out and he felt like she was checking him out and and, uh, he was happy about that. And, And so as you know, on a cruise, you go to the dining hall at your time. They give you a time and generally you sit at the same table each time and same people. Well, he noticed that she was sitting at another table. And so he bribed the, the person at the front said, I need to be at that table. And so he managed to get seated at the same table with her for dinner. And uh, as the conversation con- uh, continued, he commented that he had seen her earlier in the day and he appreciated her friendly smile and demeanor. Oh, and she smiled back and and she commented, well, the reason that I smiled was that I, when I saw you, I was immediately struck by the strong resemblance that you had to my third husband. <laughs> his eyes got big and his ears pointed, uh, got alert. And, and uh, he said, well, how many times have you been married? And she sheepishly looked down at her plate and smiled and meekly answered, twice. You'll get that later today. Amen. Now, friends, that's a woman who has a plan. Amen. Spiritual growth is intentional. You're not going to accidentally wake up at the end of the year and say, Wow, what a phenomenal growth that I've grown in my faith, how I've grown in my prayer life, how I've grown in the Word, and I've grown in greater understanding of Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen by accident. Hello? You have to intend and plan uh, on what you're going to do to grow. And so, you must make a choice to grow. That's where you start, making a choice. But just like I said last week, just because the three frogs on the limb, one of them decided, hello, to jump in the the, the water, right? Then how many are left? What was the answer? Three. I thought you said one of them decided to jump into the water. Yeah, he did. That's all he did was decide. He never did anything about it. He just stayed right there. And so that's a good place to start, to choose to grow in the Lord, to choose to have to uh, not feed your flesh alone, but feed your spirit man. Friends, it's what you do daily that's going to determine the level of your spiritual development. It's what you do daily is going to determine. Secondly, we also grow by making commitments. Here at Cassaview, we're asking you to be part of a of a intensive 40-day, and I mentioned it earlier, 40 days drawing near God. And we're going to implement that in a couple of weeks, the 21st of January through the end of February, the 29th of February this year. And we're asking you to make a commitment, a commitment of daily growth. Now, there are at least four different ways in which we can categorize people 
into their areas of commitments. There are levels of commitment to spiritual growth. And uh, your level of growth will parallel your level of commitment. The first commitment level is what I would call the crowd. And the crowd, just mean, and that just means you attend a worship service. You come and you attend and you sit in the pew and you may participate in some way or another. And it's called the crowd because there are a lot of people at this level of commitment. But basically, they are more or less spectators. They're watching what's going on. They come to services, but they're not personally involved. And as people come and commit themselves to services, we admonish them and ask you to move to a deeper level of commitment. And you can come up with all kinds of terms, but I believe a good term to call the next level of commitment is just the committed or the connected people, the people who begin to connect with other people. And it's where you get to know other people around you. You get to share with them and talk with them and to love them. And you start to build relationships. And I love to see people make that jump from just becoming part of the crowd to become part of those that are connected to the body. And it means, it may mean that you will join some type of of discipleship group. You may come to a Bible class on Sunday morning or Wednesday night discipleship class. Or you begin to give in the offerings. That's a great level of commitment when you begin to do that. And, and as a result, you begin to grow in your faith. And as people grow, they move to higher levels of commitment. Now, a third level of commitment is what I see happening when uh, I call it the core. The core. And these are the people who've moved even deeper in their commitment level to God. And instead of just feeding themselves... They begin to feed others. They begin to feed others and minister to others. That means that you're getting involved in other people's lives. In serving, perhaps, yes. It could be that you are assisting in teaching a class or or greeting at the door or ushering people or, or following up with phone calls on visitors who visit our church and, and are volunteering to work in a small group or you're volunteering to help in, in women's ministry or, or if there's a men's ministry going on, you're involved in that. or uh, You know, you're just all things. You're involved in things. just part of the core. And quite honestly, we rely on core people to, for this church to function. The worship team, the, the ministry of, 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 of instrumentation and orchestra and singers and the sound engineers and all. The, we need every one of the, These are the core people of our church as far as, as the commitment level that they have, have uh, uh, maintained in their lives. And as people are faithful in service and as they minister to others, they may even move to a higher level of commitment. And we, I call this the commissioned level or the ministry. Ministry just means serving. Serving others in, at this level. And these people, they've gotten a hold of God's plan for their lives. And they found an area to serve or to minister to others. It may be counseling. It may be intercessory prayer. It may be encouragement. They have... Just they are great encouragers, and they just they're looking for people to who need encouragement. It could be that they they're involved in a chaplain's ministry at a hospital or a nursing home or a prison ministry. It could be planning a church or serving in missions or teaching. But they sense a calling of God in their life, and they and we recognize that, and the and we commission them as a church to go and to make a difference. You say, well, Pastor Marcus, that, that sounds good, but. Where did you get such an idea like this? Where did this model come from? It came from Jesus Christ. This is how Jesus Christ began his ministry with his followers. This is what he modeled. And when he first began his ministry, people just started following him for no reason. Uh, Well, I guess there was a reason, but they began to follow him. And uh, uh, we read about it in John. John the Baptist was was baptizing, and he had two of his disciples that were with him. And when he saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Look, the Lamb of God is coming. 
And when the two disciples that were following John heard him say this, Look, the Lamb of God is coming. They stopped following John the Baptist and they started following Jesus. It kind of surprised Jesus that they were tagging along. He turned around and he said, what do you guys want? What's going on, guys? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said, well, come and you'll see. And so they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that whole day with him. It was about four in the afternoon and Andrew, one of the two, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said. Behold the Lamb of God. And he's the one that followed Jesus. And Scripture says the first thing that Andrew did was to go and find Simon, his brother, and tell him, We have found the Messiah, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Praise God. Friends, this is the first level. The first level, the crowd, if you will, just following Jesus. They were just coming to check Jesus out. And maybe you are here today at Cassaview Assembly of God, and you've just come to check us out. Hey, praise the Lord. I'm thankful you're here. Amen. And I welcome you to come and check us out. And we're not asking you to stand up and tell everybody your name and where you're from and all that kind of stuff. We don't do that here. But you're at the first step, if you will. The crowd level, if you will, of commitment. But Jesus didn't leave his followers there. He took his followers through stages of commitment. And he kept turning up the heat, if you will, and adding to the requirements until he had weaned down this massive group of people. There were thousands of people that at one point were following him, and he weaned it down to about 12. I mean, you talk about church growth in reverse. And he weaned it down, and that was the core. And over a period of time, the spectators grew committed to Jesus' teaching. They followed him, and then he began to talk to them about what it meant. And he said that if, if you desire to come after me, follow me, in other words, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And several times it says people left him. They no longer understood his teaching. And he would often use symbolic words on purpose. And then later his disciples would come and say, well, what does that mean? We didn't understand it. And the masses of people, they didn't understand it either. And they misinterpreted some of his teachings. In one place, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And he was not talking about cannibalism. He was talking spiritually about believing and the power of his blood to change. But the people didn't understand that and they didn't comprehend it. And on hearing it, many disciples said, that's a hard teaching. Who can accept this? And later it says, from this time, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. But see, Jesus was taking his disciples through stages of commitment. And he kept turning up the heat and turning up the requirements until only the core was left. And some of these he eventually commissioned and sent them forth. And they went out and changed the world. Changed the world. And friends, if you and I are going to grow spiritually, then we need to have a strategy for doing so. And I encourage you to consider whatever level that you are in commitment. And consider making a move to a higher level of commitment. And for some, it means having personal daily devotions. You're going to make a commitment to do that. For others, it may be a commitment that you're going to get involved in some local small group, small group ministry. And for others, it may be coming on Sunday morning to a Bible class. Others, it may be a Wednesday night class or a prayer group. And in the spring, we're starting small groups again. Mosaic groups are going to be starting in the spring and uh, we're going to have sign-ups for you to sign up, get, become a part of a small group prayer. They meet about once a month, and uh, they'll be gathering for a couple hours, and they just share and greet one another, you know, and, and uh, study the Word and, and, and have prayer for one another, and you're, you're connecting with one another. But it's intentional. You're intending to grow spiritually. So you need a plan to grow. To be something different than you currently are, you must do something different than you are currently doing. And so spiritual growth 
involves a plan. Secondly, spiritual growth also is incremental. In other words, it's a process. We grow by having a plan, yes, but we also grow because it's a process. If you say, I'm going to go on a diet, okay, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. Let me tell you how successful your diet's going to be. Not very successful. But if you have a plan of what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat, then at least you have a plan to go by. Now, it's going to take more than having a plan to lose weight. A lot of people have plans. Amen. You've got to implement that plan. And that's true for spiritual growth as well. One of the great orators and writers of a prior generation was named Tozer, W.A. Tozer, or A.W. Tozer. And he talked about how that some people, when they get older, they think just because they get older, they're going to be more mature spiritually. He said it doesn't work that way. And he said in his book, he said, I know some good old saints who said, as I get older, I'm going to get holier and better. Time will help me, purify me, and revive me. And then he reflected on that, and he said, Well, they said that the year before last, but they weren't helped any last year. Time betrayed them. They were not any better last year than they'd been the year before. Oh, my. Just because you turn a year older doesn't mean you're a year wiser. Well, there's a lot of different things that we can do, a lot of different plans out there. Not every plan works for everybody, but it works a whole lot better when you say, I want to grow, and when you got a plan for growth. You may have heard it said this, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so growth is a sequential process. And in the days to come, on various Sundays, we're going to be talking about different strategies that we can implement in our lives To improve in a particular area. It may be in the area of your prayer life. It may be in the area of reading the word. It may be in the area of stewardship and giving. It may be in the area of increasing your faith. Or increasing your word life. And we're going to be talking about all of these things. And just as there are various stages, if you will, of spiritual development. There is a process of growth. And it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Jesus said... Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. And the key word is daily. It's a daily process. And if you're really serious about moving to a higher level, then understand it's a process of becoming a godly man, a process of becoming a godly woman, and you do it one day at a time. It's what you do daily that's going to determine Your level of spiritual growth this year is what you do daily. Amen. You cannot bypass the process that God has ordained. If you bypass the process, you're going to be in for trouble. Amen. So spiritual growth is intentional. It is planned. It is incremental. It is a process. Here's the third thing. Spiritual growth is individual. It's something that is personal. And what I mean by that is that your plan for growth is customized for you. There's not a one-size-fit-all plan. Uh, I learn differently than maybe you learn. The type of music you like to listen to is probably different than the person down the pew from you. What they like to listen to. And uh, if we all were force-feeding people to do the same thing, it would not meet the need and so it's personal your personality is involved and we don't grow spiritually all the same way some people grow best by listening others grow best by reading others need to talk through and have discussions and still others learn by doing that's okay we know there's a lot of different learning styles And so we recognize that our Christian education offerings, our Christian education track of courses that we offer here is a good start, but it's only a supplement to what you are getting every day in your own personal devotion. And so here's the point. Pick something, whatever it is, pick something and follow it. Amen. The Christian walk is much like riding a bicycle. You're either moving forward... Or falling off. And if you stop your motion. (laughs) 
you're going to fall off. I promise you that. Christian growth also is about being involved. It's practical. It's practical. And what I mean by that is that we grow by developing good habits. Good habits. And one of the goals of this church is to help you to develop some good habits. They're called spiritual disciplines. You may call them devotional practices, but basically they're just good habits. For example, the habit of having a time alone with God. Uh, We abbreviate that and call it a TOG. T-A-W-G, TOG. And it's a time alone with God every day. You may call it your quiet time. You get along with God. You may sit by yourself. Uh, it, you know, you can have it in your car as you're commuting to work. You put on a little worship uh, CD or something or MP3 and, and you're worshiping God. Now, if you do that, drive with your eyes open. Amen. And uh, it's important. And uh, uh, the, the point is, uh, have an opportunity where you can talk to God and God can talk to your spirit man. Amen. And it's, it's a very important spiritual discipline. We'll talk about that on another day. Spiritual growth is also involved, it is very practical. It's very practical, and that's what we're talking about now, having a time alone with God. It's also an investment, and an investment in people. And what I mean by that is we grow best in community with others. A lot of people think, well, I can grow on my own. I can just, I don't need anybody. Well, Adam was had a perfect environment when when uh, the the world was created a perfect man living in a perfect paradise and could walk with God every hour in the cool of the day he walked with God and and God said this is not good you need to be in community Adam you need a helper amen and so he created Eve for Adam and so if he needed Eve Amen. Let me tell you, you need to be in community as well. You cannot grow without being connected with others. Oh, you can get head knowledge. You can get head knowledge. You can listen to Bible studies on the radio or or YouTube or whatever it is you're listening to. You can watch these TV programs. But that isn't complete growth. Well, what is complete growth? Growth basically is all about love. Love, you're developing love, love for God. The greatest commandment in all of the world is to love God. Now the second one is close to it. What is it? Love your neighbor. Amen. How are you going to love your neighbor if you're not with your neighbor? Hello. You're not ever around people. You just live without, you know, being associated. In order to fulfill the great commandment, the greatest commandment, Of loving God and loving others, you need to be connected to the body of Christ. Amen. Now, another thing you can do that will really accelerate your spiritual growth is to have a spiritual coach. You say, well, what's that about? Every pro athlete, whatever sport you're in, has a coach. The golfer, Tiger Woods, has a coach. The tennis player, Venus Williams, she had a coach. The football player, they have a bunch of coaches. And we know the baseball team, they had coaches. Basketball team has coaches. And so every pro athlete knows they need a coach to help them develop and their greatest potential. And it's the same thing in our life too. You need a coach. Now, they can be a friend. You don't have to call them coach. You call them friend. They can be a partner. They can be a mentor. Amen. But what you're doing is, it's another person, and they are pouring their life into your life, and they are admonishing you. They are your prayer partner. Hello. They're checking up on you. You're making yourself accountable to them for your what you're doing daily in your devotion life. Are you? Did you follow through this week? Did you go to church this week? Oh, you didn't. Okay, why not? You know, they're checking up on you. They want to make sure that you are on a steady growth path. You need a coach. Amen. And when you slack up, you, yeah, get up out of that bed, old boy. You need to be at church. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. I'll come out and pick you up. Let's go. You know, and you need somebody to, to admonish you when you need to be admonished. Amen. 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 That was a week, but we're going to go move forward. <laughs> Thirdly, not only do you need a coach, 
But you also grow when you are a coach to somebody else. You say, me? A coach? How could I be a coach for anybody? I need to be coached. Well, friends, how much do you need to know to be a coach? You just need to be one step ahead of where they are. Amen. If you've been a Christian for two days, you can help somebody who's only been a Christian for one day. Amen. You don't have to be light years ahead. Just begin. Just start. You've got to be one step ahead. Well, I went to church this week. Well, praise God. That's wonderful. Oh, you didn't go to church this week? (laughs) I'm ahead of you. Man, this is what you missed. Let me ask you an honest question. Does anyone here ever feel like you're just kind of coasting along? You ever feel just kind of stagnated? You're not really advancing to the level that you... Sure, we've all been there. In a holding pattern, gotten in a rut, stalled out. And what you really need is not to go to another seminar or or, uh, some other meeting. What you need to do is just to begin to give some output... Some output, you don't need more input, you need to get involved in serving someone else. To begin to give out to others. Spiritual stagnation is caused by taking in and taking in and taking in and not giving out. And so you've got to become an instrument, a channel if you will, for the Holy Spirit to flow through you to someone else. Amen. In the nation of Israel, there are two bodies of water. One of those in the north is the Sea of Galilee. And in the south is what we know as the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. And what connects those two bodies of water is a river called the Jordan River. The Sea of Galilee is a beautiful sea. And it's filled with, with uh, uh, aqua, uh, you know, uh, water and uh, what am I saying? Water life is that it? And fishes. It's got fish in it. That's what I'm trying to say. It's alive, amen. It's not dead. Now, on the other other hand, the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because it's dead. There's not anything living in the Dead Sea. It's full of salt and brine and minerals. It is lifeless. You can try to swim in it, but you, do, you will not sink in the Dead Sea. There's so much minerals, you will float. Within that first foot of water, you will float. That's the fact. And I've known people who have gone over there and, and bore witness. It is true. And so, it's lifeless. And the difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea is that the Sea of Galilee takes in all of this snow snow water from Mount Hermon and, and all of those mountain ranges, and it all comes to the Sea of Galilee, and the rain just fills that area, and it's just filled. But it also has an outlet. It lets out into the Jordan River, and it gives out. And uh, the Sea of the Dead Sea, on the other hand, it takes in but does not give out. There's no outlet. It is the lowest elevation on the face of the earth, the Dead Sea. And so it's very interesting that all of this would happen. And friends, you say, well, what does that have to do with me? Friends, you will be a Dead Sea if you don't learn to give out. Give out to others. Spiritual maturity is not an end in itself. I have attained. Look how wonderful I am. Look what I did. No, no, no. It's for a purpose. You grow in God for a purpose so that you will minister or serve others. You'll be involved in the mission of the church, the mission of Christ. Amen. So balance your input with output. And when you do, life will begin to flow through you to others. Praise God. You receive that message today? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite the musicians and singers to come. In closing, how many of you really, really want to grow this year? You really want to grow this year spiritually? Praise God. Most of you, about 90% of you want to grow this year. Well, I've shared with you five principles for spiritual growth. Number one, it's planned. It's not going to happen by accident. You have to plan for it to happen. Amen. 
It's a process, and the process is a daily process. It's what you do daily that's going to determine whether you're going to grow spiritually or not this year. It's a process, but it's also personal. I can't grow for you. Your neighbor can't grow for you. You have to go gather your own manna. Amen. Every day. You had to go get manna. Every day you had to go to the Word. Every day. You have to pray for you. Now I can pray about you. But I can't pray in place of your prayer. You have to learn how to pray for yourself. So it's personal. So it's, it's intentional. It's, you got to have a plan. There's a process involved. It's personal. It's very practical. And basically it's just developing spiritual habits. That's what we're talking about. Developing spirit, very practical thing. And then it's all about investing in people, giving output, and not just having input. How many would be honest and say, Pastor Marcus, I'm really not satisfied just staying where I am right now. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I want to grow spiritually. Amen. Amen. For that to happen, you know what's going to require? A greater level of, and here's the bad word. Commitment. Hello? Nobody wants to make a commitment. You want to move in with that person. Hello? But when it comes to marriage, oh, oh that's, you know, that's, that's a commitment. Right? Commitment. What we need is people to make a greater level of commitment. My question as I close now, are you willing to make a total commitment to God? To God. You know what it's called? Making Him Lord. Lord. That's what it's about. Making Him Lord of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now? Hallelujah. This is your time for you to respond to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just surrender my heart to you right now. I pray, God, that you will see my heart. Lord, I want to grow. I want to become that person that you want me to become. I want to grow, Lord. I don't want to just be part of the crowd. Lord, I want to grow. I want to become part of the core. Lord, I want you to use me in a powerful way. But Lord, I realize it's going to take a greater commitment on my part. Lord, I'm going to have to die to self. I'm going to have to follow you every day. And I surrender to you now. I make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is that your prayer today? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand. We're going to worship the Lord. Just draw close to the Lord today. Draw near to Him.